Yo, yo, yo! Welcome to the Bedtime Stories. My name is Pijn van der Sloot and these are my daily thoughts as an artist in Amsterdam during the COVID-19 crisis. So first of all, always a selection of things I have read in the news in the tsunami of information we are getting these days from uh, news channels or uh, social media. And uh, I just give my comments on it. Um, so let's hear them from today. Hello, hello, hello there and welcome to the podcast of 23 of April. Uh, in the news, I will be speaking about two things in the Netherlands today uh, and the rest I will leave it out because I didn't read so much about uh, things happening around the world today, even though I'm quite aware of uh, all the humanitarian dramas happening everywhere. But I have also some nice uh, things to talk today in the personal and the Humanity 20 and of course the fellowship, the chapters uh, of the, this podcast. So, uh, yeah, let's begin with the Netherlands. Uh, first thing I wanted to point out was an article that was in the Volkskrant today. And it was about this uh, yeah, big businessman in Dordrecht that owns a lot of uh, houses all over the Netherlands. And uh, big companies are renting from him. Um, and, uh, yeah, I've been calling out and many people with me uh, to stop paying rent if you are in a country that doesn't receive support from the government. Uh, so if the government is not supporting the people that are losing their jobs, they should straight away stop paying the rent uh, because this is a very important protest um, action you can take if you have to stay at home, right? So everybody is at home and they can protest online, they can protest digitally, um, but they can also protest by not paying the rent if they lost their job and the government is not helping. So this is the call we are doing, right? And then this guy from Dordrecht, uh, which owns so many uh, yeah, buildings, um, he came out and said like, yeah, you shouldn't be calling for that because it's not really good because it doesn't help the economy and stuff like that. Um, he was giving, uh, to defend his point of view, he was giving the argument that, for example, uh, Perisport is a... Um, uh, a store that sells uh, things for sport, you know, they were one of the companies that stopped paying the rent. Uh, and that's why he was calling, yeah, this whole not paying the rent is actually not really working because then uh, uh, he was giving some examples in what he was doing with his money that he was earning. So there were some nice projects, uh, including, uh, you know, things about system, system, sustainability, sustainability, Jesus Christ, what a word. Sorry about that. Um, and, uh, yeah, he was, uh, speaking out to this, to the big guys, you know, that, uh, they, they, uh, shouldn't fall down and stuff like that, you know, like these big companies in the, in the economy are really important because they give a job to so many people. Okay. So far, so good, right? Eh? <laughs> well, let me tell you what I think about it. Uh, I think this kind of calls that he is placing, uh, forget about, he's speaking about the big guys. Uh, first of all, he is part of the big guys. He's one of them, right? 
Maybe he's not the worst because he's doing good things for the money, but indirectly he's defending the big guys. Um, and I say, fuck the big guys, you know? How about the small people, the small um, businesses, the small persons that are losing their job, losing their customers, um, and just don't have the money to not to pay the rent? And if they don't get any help from governments, why the hell are you still asking the rent of them, you know? Uh, the big guys, they can take the loss. The small people cannot take the loss of uh, of what's happening because of the crisis. So I think it's total bullshit and it's not fair that this guy is calling out to uh, stop this pro uh, protest action. Um, and uh, don't get me wrong, I'm very against also Parisport, you know, that doesn't pay the rent because I'm pretty sure those guys make tons of profit and they can still be paying the rent. So they're just protecting their own asses and protecting their own profits and probably protecting uh, whatever, the salary of, of, uh, of the owners, you know? Um, so yeah, if uh, anybody listening and has uh, actually an argument against what I'm saying, please let me know because uh, I love to get into conversations. <laughs> and uh, keep don't pay the rent if you cannot pay it to all small business and people uh, working class, you know? And, and don't listen to this big guys telling you uh, it's not good for the economy, whatever. <laughs> we, you know what's the thing also? Of course, we're gonna pay the rent again once uh, we have our job again, you know? And once we, uh, the people are um, uh, able to earn money again to pay the rent, because yeah, uh, I'm not against paying rent. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, if you really ask me, maybe I am. Um, I'm, I am uh, quite admire some of the things about uh, anarchy. So, yeah, uh, let's not get too much into that. <laughs> let's just keep it uh, to what's happening right now and react to that. And uh, yeah, that's what I just did. So, um I think uh, when people have to rent again, they uh, should be able to pay it again because, uh, yeah, you know, it's a quite big important part of the economy. Uh, but right now, it's just a pressure, uh, a pressure middle, you say in Dutch, like a, a way of putting pressure on the, on the politics that, uh, yeah, if we all do it, they really are going to listen to us, believe me. Um, the other news is that I read uh, just one article in the Dutch, uh, in the Dutch NOS, you know, the main uh, news uh, uh, website and, and uh, on the TV it's also. Um, it was that uh, there were some uh, leaders of, uh, of Dutch uh, politician parties like D66, PvdA and ChristenUnie that were like warning uh, the government or the people also probably... Uh, that we should not make the same mistakes that happened during the previous crisis. Um, and according to them, this means not cutting back too quickly uh, because then the national debt is gonna uh, uh, not uh, cut back too quickly uh, in the funds when the um, uh, national debt is going uh, uh, down, you know, or up, that's how you say it. I don't know how you say it. But it's growing, you know, the national debt is growing. Um, but they're saying that we should uh, give ourselves some some space for, for breathing and then we should start cutting. Well, 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 misters, mister politicians, let me tell you something. How about, 
how about you do cuts, but you cut in the right places? I have many ideas where you should be, could be cutting money right now and uh, that are going to help uh, survive the crisis pretty much easily. And uh, the thing is that uh, where we have to cut, that's uh, probably also the places that are sending you, you now money, you know, uh, putting a lot of money there, which uh, money uh, equals influence. So you have to cut on the people influencing you up there and um, invest in vital things of our society. Um, and uh, yeah, I was speaking today with, with an artist, they're organizing a petition and uh, in which, uh, yeah, it's very important. Uh, the arts are very important, right? So um, yeah, uh, in these times also, uh, health is very important. Uh, food production is very important, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So yeah. You should actually cut, but uh, maybe not in the places you want. Anyways, that was the news for today. <laughs> Speaking long, I wanted to make it short. Typical of this podcast. Every time I say, I'm going to talk shortly about this, and then I rampage for now eight and a half minutes. I also like to share my personal experiences during this crisis because it helps me a lot to share them. Um, and also, I think it's interesting to see how everybody deals with them. Uh, I'm a visual artist myself uh, and that's the scene I work in. So usually it's related to uh, art um, and also how I deal with this crisis on a more visual level, like the things I'm making these days. Let's hear them. What are you doing, Pai? Yeah, what I've been doing. Well, today I dropped a new video online and it's uh, my reaction to this uh, Instagram thing called the Artist Support Pledge. And uh, it's an in initiative to, uh, um, yeah, to artists that uh, can sell work and then support each other. But uh, I really believe uh, for this kind of ac action and initiatives, even though they are great, we should take some things into account. Uh, and the most important conclusion out of that is that uh, we as an artist should be careful if we are putting ourselves as a victim role because uh, there are other people in our society that are being uh, way bigger victims than the artists at this moment. Even though the artists, of course, are maybe also victims because, you know, they cannot have exhibitions. Uh, um, they are really depending on the sale of arts to survive, etc. But uh, I really speak personal from my situation in the Netherlands. And I think um, uh, if you receive uh, help from the, from the government, like I, I'm getting some help from the government and I just can pay my rent and my food and stuff like that from it. Um, and that's more than enough, you know. And then everything I sell, I just dr invest into um, initiatives, uh, uh, creating awareness for the coronavirus or I donated to initiatives helping the victims uh, at this moment. And I think uh, all the artists should do that. So that was my video about, um, yeah. So not about uh, putting ourselves in a, in a victim position. Uh, artists are really, uh, <laughs> really good at doing that. So uh, I'm, I'm really against that. You should stand up for yourself, that for sure, but never victimize yourself. Uh, we have to change how the art world is at the moment. And uh, to start with that, we have to be uh, strong, you know, not uh, uh, in a corner as victims and uh, holding up our hands, asking for money. 
fuck that. Offer them something and they will give you money anyways. So uh, it's it's about um, um, coming up with new ideas, how, how we deal with this crisis and, and how the art world is now. That's That's the key right now. Anyways, I made a whole video about it, so check it out on my Instagram. And um, then I also started this new... Uh, I'm doing all these projects, right? So I'm doing the memes, I'm doing the, the this podcast, I'm doing, I'm designing posters, I'm making all these artworks that relate uh, to the crisis and are trying to help in somehow, you know, like using the power of, of images. Um, yeah, I'm doing this Pets Against Corona. Uh, yeah, pff, many things, I even lost count. I have a new one in it and I have a couple more coming up. I have a list here next to me uh, that I will be posting uh, coming days. I just have so much things to post that I kind of like limit myself to three posts a day and then share a lot of things in my stories also. Um, so uh, yeah, sometimes I share two when I wake up later because <laughs> I have to leave some hours in between otherwise my uh, posts disappear in the Instagram algorithms. Um, but um, yeah, the one I'm doing is called uh, History History Repeats and it's about uh, historical photos or maybe videos also in the, in the future um that happened in our uh, in crisis uh, around the world um in the past and then uh, i kind of put put them next to each other of situations happening uh, today and the first one i thought was very strong uh, i posted it i got some comments on it and they are uh, yeah very interesting conversations uh under the under the post so uh, yeah read them if you're interested um and uh yeah i think it's very important these conversations and because we are at home now we are doing those on social media uh and uh, through uh you know uh, other apps um and uh i'm i'm always uh, surprised when uh, people uh, react really uh, heavy on things i say on social media because i'm 100% honest i <laughs> I really uh, drop what I think there and then I, sometimes I make mistake and I'm the first one to admit those. Um, but also um, I have many arguments with everything I'm doing and posting and saying. So when I engage in a conversation, I love it because then I can show all these arguments I have and people can show me their, their arguments and their opinions. And these conversations always lead to something constructive. Um, if they happen, because uh, I'll be sharing some artworks that I came up uh, with uh, based on those conversations. And there are positive conversations, constructive pos uh, conversations. You listen to each other's opinions, etc. And I always try to write that like that. So, But still, it also happens that people get pissed off at me and like block me. And, and uh, you know, like I've seen this a, a couple of times now. Uh, and it's very disappointing to block somebody and then because you just don't agree. I mean, I post on, on public things in social media. It's not that uh, I go to their house and break down the door and I shout my opinion to them. They post something and I just react to it. That's why the comment thing is on Instagram, you know. If you don't want that, put it off, you know. And uh, and, and, and don't, uh, don't be pissed off when somebody reacts on it in a way uh, or saying something that's maybe confronting to you or that you don't like you know this 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 way of uh, uh, blocking and even deleting my comments I'm like uh, okay you're also free to do that but it's just very very disappointing 
this chapter is called Humanity 20. And Humanity 20, um, I came up with that name because we have to be one step ahead of COVID-19. Uh, we are humanity living in 2020 and here I share all the nice initiatives that I see that are appearing around me to try to fight this virus and try to unite uh, the people and uh, create new, uh, strong and uh, communities full of solidarity and empathy to each other. So sorry about the sound on the background. I have uh, I don't have a heating in my room, so I have this electric uh, heater on and I, I totally forgot that it was on. Usually when I record the podcast, I already put it off. Uh, but now it's on, so I'm going to leave it on so the, so <laughs> all the audios are the same in the, in the podcast. Um, anyways, we arrived to a Humanity 20 chapter and today I'm really excited to speak uh, about uh, uh, one, uh, uh, yeah, I don't know if I can call it friend of mine. Anyways, I, it's a performance artist in Amsterdam and uh, I saw her performance once and then I, I added her to my Instagram and I really like her work, so I react a lot to what she's posting. And then we get into conversations on Instagram. So, yeah, I, co I consider it a, f a friend. Uh, her name is Lisette Ross, and um, she's an amazing performance artist. And I just wanted to share what she's doing now. Um, because today she had this performance in, uh, in Amsterdam. Uh, and she uh, went in front of the building of uh, Ellen and Overy. That's a, a law firm, I think. I'm not 100% I'm not sure. Um, and I also don't know exactly why she chose that location, but, but I think it's, uh, it has part to do with her concept. Um, her performance was um, eight hours of sitting. So she had this chair and she sit there and did nothing, you know, like not eating, not, uh, um, not going to the toilet, nothing like that. Just sitting and, of course, breathing. Um, and um, it was called Intervening Space, uh, Reframing Conventions. Um, and I think there was, if I saw it correctly in, in the photos uh, people were posting of her, uh, she also had um, a clock on the floor um, where she could uh, see the time. So it was, um, yeah, it reminded, reminded me of these protests of, for example, of the sit-downs, you know, like, uh, and things like uh, uh, Gandhi did, you know, like this peaceful, uh, uh, provocative actions. And of course, I'm, uh, I've been speaking about this, uh, about the Provo movement in Amsterdam um, in the 60s uh, during my podcasts and also in, in my designs, you know, I'm a I'm, I'm very big fan. Uh, and there was also performance artist uh, uh, Groot, Grootveld, uh, it was called. Ooh, I have to check that now really quickly. Uh, anyways, I'll be Googling that uh, while I continue speaking. Um, Jasper Grootveld, yeah, uh, is that correct? Yeah, he was one of the founder founders of uh, the Provo movement, uh, and he was just a performance artist here in Amsterdam. That he would uh, gather people at uh, in the spuil, and uh, then he would do all this crazy stuff. You know, like uh, he was uh, really against the tobacco industry and uh, stuff like that. And he, he called Amsterdam the magical center of the world. And um, yeah, he had amazing ideas. I saw a documentary about him, and he was just a brilliant mind. Totally crazy, but brilliant. Um, and then there was these two young guys, which were like anarchists, and they started this little magazine called Provo. Uh, one was a printer and graphic designer, Stalk. Uh, and then you had the other one. Um, sorry about the names. 
Uh, Provost Amsterdam, I will be Googling that. Um, and anyways, they went to one of his performance and during the performance, they were giving a, a, a around this, uh, this pamphlet, right? The Pro Provo pamphlet. And um, uh, then they really uh, got, uh, became friends, you know, uh, with uh, Jasper. And then the kind of three of them, they really started this, this Provo uh, movement. Ah, oh, yeah. Um, Rob Stolk and uh, Rule van Duin. Those were the, the anarchists that were doing this little magazine. And uh, Robert Jasper Grootveld. That's the performance artist. And uh, I've been speaking about the Provost because I am, like, as I said, big fan. And uh, they are a huge inspiration for how I'm creating work now. So I'm doing all this kind of like, you know, uh, anarchistic actions. I'm doing the graffiti on the streets. I'm... Uh, doing all these designs and, and sending posters out for free. And, you know, like, uh, it's all the, the, the things that they were also doing. And uh, I have a big respect of the movement they were able to, you know, to activate in the Dutch. Because uh, now I realize how difficult that is, you know. The Dutch society is so difficult to, to get something moving. And um, when uh, Lisette was doing their performance, uh, I just thought like, ah, there, there is the, the new provost in Amsterdam, you know. And another good example is the flower bike man, uh, my, my friend uh, from the States that is doing all the things with the bikes and all these little performative actions, you know, about the one that he did in front of the Mokko Museum, like uh, where he was uh, selling the signs that bikes cannot park there and then selling them as artworks. Um, yeah, I see many uh, uh, graffiti friends, uh, artists doing all these tags in the city uh, about the corona. And uh, I don't know, I somehow, somehow I had the feeling like, uh, oh, yeah, the, the one I did uh, with the with this pop up shop that was selling the, the face mask for for uh, outrageous price in the Jordan, where I spray painted sold out really big on the window. So people that wanted maybe to go there and buy something would, would see that and uh, wouldn't go in, you know? Like this peaceful, small, funny and provocative actions, you know? Uh, that Those are the key to awaken uh, a movement, I think. And uh, yeah, uh, I'm a really big fan of Lisette. So uh, please, please check, check uh, her Instagram, uh, follow her there. And uh, hopefully you still can follow a little bit the stories that uh, people posted of her action today because um, after six hours the guard of the building uh, came and, uh, and made her stop you know uh, so she couldn't finish her performance because um, I saw it and then I asked her where it is and so and she told me uh, the, the location and she also told me uh, it's very important that if you come you should all keep distance from each other you know so she's very aware of the social distancing is very important so um, I was about to really go there, um, and then uh, I saw on her Instagram that uh, yeah, she was her performance was stopped by a guard, uh, so um, yeah, I didn't manage to see it uh, in life, but uh, I'm very happy that she's sharing now in our story photos people took um, because it's amazing image and uh, uh, so yeah, go follow her and uh, please uh, ch check uh, her stories uh, of today. Um, because then you can get a glimpse of this uh, amazing performance that happened on the 22nd of April in Amsterdam.
And we arrive to the last chapter of this podcast, and that, that is always uh, the fellowship. And uh, this is uh, uh, the part where I analyze the books of Tolkien, uh, especially The Lord of the Rings, because I see a parallel with the story of those books, with uh, the crisis we are confronting at the moment. And in short, it means it goes like this. Sauron, the bad guy, um, equal, equals capitalism, consumerism, bio-industry, corruption, greed and fear. So actually all the things we think are wrong in the world we are living in now, today. And the ring, the one ring, equals uh, COVID-19. And then we arrive to the fun part and that is the fellowship of the ring, which is uh, the humankind uh, working together. And in this um, chapter of, of the podcast, I will go deeper into some of the characters. Um, so yeah, let's hear which one we have today. Well, 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 this is my favorite chapter of the podcast. And this is about the fellowship because I'm a huge, huge Lord of the Rings fan. Especially all the books written by Tolkien are... Uh, also one of the biggest inspirations next to the provost to uh, my approach to uh, the how to deal with the COVID-19 crisis and actually how to fight it and how to solve it. And uh, it's very nerdy. I go into details of the book that if you don't didn't read the books or didn't see the movies, you might not understand, but I try to explain it in a, yeah, a very personal way. Um, so for the people that maybe never read the books or uh, never saw the movies, uh, if you didn't do any of those, please first read the books. Don't be crazy and go watch the movies. First read the books or listen to it, uh, audiobooks, and after watch the movies, because uh, I'm also a big fan of the movies, but the books are, of course, of course, 10 times better. Um, and if you already watched the movie and never read the book, totally recommend it also because then you get so much more insights on this beautiful story. Um, so, um, yeah, today I will be speaking about the character of Galadriel. I speak it out like Galadriel because I read the books in Sp uh, Spanish, uh, but in Dutch it will be Galadriel. Um, and uh, Tolkien describes uh, Galadriel as the mightiest and fair fairest of all the elves that remained it on Middle-earth. Um, and she was the greatest of elfin women. Uh, and um, in the Fellowship of the Ring, Galadriel welcomes the Fellowship to uh, Lothlorien Lot uh, after they escape from Moria. And when she meets the Fellowship in her uh, tree dwelling, so uh, all these elves live in, in uh, three houses, uh, she gives each member a searching look. Testing their resolve and thoughts. Um, and Boromir, he interprets this test as a temptation. Um, but so he's, he becomes uh, scared of, of her. Um, and uh, the other one uh, is that she speaks to, because she can speak in your mind, you know, uh, is with uh, Frodo. Uh, and actually she is tested on that moment also because Frodo Baggins, he offers her the, re the ring. Uh, and as you know, 
Uh, we have seen, uh, or you know my parallel, that I, I believe the ring is uh, COVID-19. So um, Frodo offers uh, her the ring, um, but uh, she knows that the influence of corruption uh, behind the ring, so that's the force of Sauron uh, I, I speak about, you know, like, uh, I believe that's uh, capitalism, bio-industry and fear and greed, you know, all those things that kind of bought, uh, brought us to where we are today. Um, and when Frodo test, tests her, uh, she recalls uh, why she came to uh, Middle-earth and uh, she refuses the ring. Um, okay, before I continue with uh, Galadriel... I would like to uh, tell you what I believe she is um, in our times. And I think uh, she is like uh, a combination, maybe, um, of science and uh, health. So, um, as I said before, when the fellowship comes uh, into Lothlorien, uh, she tests them. How beautiful is that? I've been saying for months already now that testing... Of, on Corona uh, is the most important thing every country should be doing. Testing, 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 you know. Then you know how bad the outbreak is. You, you, you know who is sick. You know who you have to put in quarantine, etc. It's the key, you know. And um, all the doctors and uh, scientists are actually saying that, you know. You should be testing as much as possible. Um, so, yeah, I think this parallel makes total sense. So I think Galadriel is like the doctors, the nurses, everybody working in the in the healthcare system, you know. Also, the people that uh, uh, are maybe not helping the people, but are helping in the hospital. And then besides that, you have all the scientists that are working, you know, researching. Um, and uh, yeah, they all come together in this character of uh, Galadriel of the books. And then, uh, I don't want to want to make it too long, but... Um, when the fellowship enters Lothlorien, they stay there, they, they, this testing happens, and then um, they also look into the future. Of There's a bowl of uh, w water she has, and Frodo can look into it, and that future shows um, what might happen. It's not like telling you the future, but it kind of like shows you the, your fears, your biggest fears that might happen in the future. And I'm going to be speaking about that in my next podcast. First of all, I want to speak about this looking into the future, what that means. And I also am going to be speaking about um, one important thing that happens after the Fellowship continues uh, their journey and they leave Lothlorien. Uh, she gives uh, each of them an object um, that is going to help them on this journey. And I think all these objects, they can relate to uh, what uh, Galadiel is. Um, in our times, you know, uh, she gives them uh, uh, food, um, the lembas bread that uh, they carry with them uh, in the journey. And I'll be speaking about the lem lembas bread. I will be speaking about um, uh, all the other presents she gives to each of them um, so they can uh, defeat the ring, you know, like uh, reach their goal and defeat the ring. Um, and this is all the things the doctors are telling us now how we should take care of each other, um, how we should take care of our health, um, what we should do, what are the things that can help us achieve that goal. Um, yeah, 
I really liked uh, the Galadriel character and what it means to our time. So I really took my time to explain it. Uh, I think this was one of the most uh, <laughs> nicest one. Um, and I, as uh, when I was reading the book, book, I kind of had a little crash on uh, Galadriel. <laughs> she was described about uh, as this amazing woman and uh, amazing elf. Um, so yeah, and also in the movie, she's portrayed by Kate Blanchett, and I'm a big fan of her as an actress. So that was also like a a win-win uh, for Peter Jackson, uh, who made the movies. Amazing casting. Um, yeah, I could speak for hours about this fellowship. If you are as nerdy as I am, or you are reading the books, uh, please uh, reach out and let's uh, talk uh, about it. Because, uh, yeah, I'm just uh, su such a big fan. Okay, that was the podcast for today. Thank you so much for listening. Um, um, uh, yeah. What uh, I always uh, tell at the end of the of this podcast is like, uh, stay strong, stay fit, stay positive, stay at home. And I'm, I'm going to start adding one, stay creative. Um, and for the ones that cannot stay at home because they work in a vital profession of our society, thank you so much. Um, to close up the podcast, is, I always recommend uh, a song. And today I'm going to recommend uh, one amazing song I discovered uh, last year and it's by a band that only recorded one album and then they fall apart so it's this no, no, almost nobody knows it um, the band is called Dead Skeletons um, and the song is called Dead Mantra so I'm gonna add it to the podcast but that doesn't work always so in case it doesn't work just uh, look it up in uh, Spotify or YouTube whatever um, yeah it's a very uh, strong song that uh, makes also a lot of sense today. Thank you for listening and uh, hopefully you will listen tomorrow also. Bye!